Praise God, we serve an awesome God. I said, praise God, we serve an awesome God. And you ought to be able to affirm that in your own life and in your own spirit that we serve an awesome God. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Father, we thank you and bless you for this day and for this time. And we pray now, God, that everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight. Uh, We pray now, God, that as we seek you and search for you, that you will readily make yourself available so that we can experience you in a real and and personal way. Uh, We ask all of these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank all of you who are streaming with us this morning. Um, Man, Shad, Carlton, thank you all for being with us. Michelle, Felicia. Also want to send a special shout out to those who are listening. Uh, Barbara, uh, the Jeffries, uh, Sister Norma. Man, thank you for uh, listening. We, we are doing several things, and I'm really enjoying this, this flexibility that God is giving us in worship. So there are those of you who may not have the means electronically or may not be tech savvy. You have called in, and we have a phone line that's dedicated to broadcasting the service. So you're listening. So I want to give you all a shout out. And then for those of you who are streaming, I want to thank God for you as well for being with us on today. There's a button on most of our devices that is an innocuous kind of button. It it really, for most of us, uh, really gets used. It doesn't seem to have a a big purpose, and and it's evolved over time. Uh, It's called the pause button or the pause feature. And, And what would happen in the past, I remember way back in the year of our Lord when you had Uh, tape recorders, you hit the pause button. It was not meant to stop it permanently, but it was just a temporary suspension of play. And when you hit that pause button, what was interesting was way back in the day, when you hit that pause button, you would still hear the hum of that machine. You would still hear the hum of that note where that song had left off or where a person's speech had left off, right? With the pause button, the pause button. And, and I was thinking as we are going through this time, it, it's amazing how different parts of our world have been put on pause, have been put on pause. Literally, um, we have stay-at-home orders that have put us on pause. We, we have been relegated, and now in our society, we are defined as to whether our job is essential or not. Many have been put on pause. There are people who are chomping at the bit like an airplane in a holding pattern that will seemingly never end. They, they are saying, we've got to land this plane. We've got to get back on the ground. They are experiencing the pause of life. But my brothers and sisters, I want you to know something that's very important that I think God wants to show us today. God wants to show all of us today that this issue of pause can be a blessing more than a burden. 
For some of us, man, we don't know how to handle the silence. We don't know how to handle the stop in life. We don't know how to handle the pause in life. But in the scriptures, God gives us some insight into how blessed it is to have a pause in your life. And that's what I want to talk about today just for a few moments. I want to talk about the power in your pause, the power in your pause. Um, our text today is Psalm 46. I don't think I'm going to get through all of it today because it's so rich. It's so power packed with principles by which we are to live. But in Psalm 46, three times in that Psalm, we see a word that many of you have seen in the scriptures. Some of you read it when you read the scriptures. Some of you don't read it. And I'll talk about that in a moment. It's the word Selah. Selah. And it's a powerful concept. It's a powerful word because when you're reading the Psalms, it appears 74 times in the scriptures, 71 of those times, it appears in the Psalms. The Psalms literally the hymn book of the people of Israel. These were songs that were sung in worship to God. I was coming in this morning, I was listening to KTSU, and they were playing a song. Reverend Ricky Williams, we call him our radio pastor, was playing a song, and he said, now uh, the next song titled is the 23rd Psalm, and the brother was singing literally the words of the 23rd Psalm. Uh, we had a minister of music here some years ago by the name of Glenn Burley, who has gone home to be with the Lord. And Glenn would, would specialize. He would take the words of God and put them to music. He would put them to tune. And, and one of his more popular songs was Order My Steps. What's interesting about this word, uh, Selah, uh, the, the word literally means... Um, pause or suspension of a note. Uh, it's the holding of a note. It, it's this idea of where we are. It's a point of emphasis. Stop here for a moment. Don't rush. Pause here to reflect on what has just been said. Um, I called one of our staff ministers, Dr. Elliot Mallory Green. He's a Hebrew and Greek scholar in his own right. And we were talking about this, this phrase. And, and he said, uh, Pastor, have you ever heard of the term a fermata? Fermata. And I said, no, what's, what's a fermata? He said, well, it's a, it's a musical term that is likened to Selah. Now, now, here's what's interesting. There were those who will tell you when you are reading your Bible and you see the word Selah, some pronounce it Selah, but it's correctly pronounced Selah. When you see that word, you don't read it. You don't say it. You don't speak it because it is a direction. It's not something to be read. It's something you are supposed to do. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, okay, what, well, what's a fermata? Well, a fermata is a pause of unspecified length. Um, typically, if the note is calling for a half note, it, it will double it to a full. If it's a full note, it will double it to two. But it is an emphasis that is placed on a 
word on a note, on a part of a song as it is performed. It is called a bird's eye by many people because it kind of looks like a bird's eye when you put it over a note. I asked Elder Mark Taylor uh, to give me an example of a fermata, and he gave me such a powerful example. I was thinking, man, this is a great song, right? But it's even better when you think about it in the context of the fermata. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. And you get to the end of that song, right? Uh, the song says, uh, the verse, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters. He lifted me. Now safe am I. Love lifted me, right? Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me when nothing else could help. Fermata, love. Hey, that's an emphasis, right? Don't move past that. What about love? Lifted, that's that fermata, me, because it's going to hold that note. It's going to cause you to pause so that you get, if nothing else, Love has lifted you. Well, in the writer writing of Psalm 46, the psalmist literally puts in some strategic pauses. When you read through Psalm 46, you, you see Selah uh, mixed in there three different times. And, and that word Selah is there to say literally, hit the pause button. Don't go too fast. You better stop here. You better, you better realize what you read. And, and I want to focus on this today because, my brothers and sisters, I believe one of the lessons that God is trying to teach us in the midst of this pandemic and our reaction to it is we've got to slow down. And, and it's amazing because here's what has happened in the past. When we had Tropical Depression Allison here in the city of Houston and in our region, Portions of our city slowed down, but not the entire city. Hurricane Andrew, when it hit Miami, those of you who lived in Miami, those of you who are watching, man, it shut the Miami-Dade County, Florida area down. But the rest of the country went along with business as usual. Hurricane Katrina came and wiped out much of what we knew about New Orleans. People were flying all over the country to get away from New Orleans. But the rest of our country did business as usual. This is the first time in my lifetime and in the lifetime of most of us where we can see not a national pause, but an international pause. It's as if God said, no, I'm going to stop y'all for a minute. Y'all have gotten so busy. You have been ripping and running so much that you don't even know the people who are living in your own house. Some of you who have been ripping and running have not spent the time with your children that you need to spend. Some of you are reintroducing yourselves to your spouse because we have not 
hit the pause button in our lives. Phrases been spoken by many, stop and smell the roses. But we never stop long enough to even see the roses, let alone smell the roses. Several things I want you to see in Psalm 46. We're not going to get through all of them today, but I want to get started on this message. The power in your pause. The power in your pause. I know you've heard the phrase, the power in your praise, but, but today I want to talk about the power in your pause. Look at the first thing. Number one, you need to pause and realize God is your refuge and strength. You need to pause and realize God is your refuge and strength. Psalm 46, beginning at verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. Selah. Pause. Stop for a moment. Well, first, let, let, let's make sure we understand what's going on. Uh, this, this psalm is written as a song of consolation. It, it is a song of communal encouragement and worship. It, it's, a, it's a psalm that was to provide a calming word in tough times. And I think if there's anybody who is listening to me today, you can agree that we are living in some tough times. We are living in some trying times, but God says, I've got a calming word in your chaotic times. He says, recognize who you're serving. God is our refuge. One of the lessons that I believe God wants us to learn is that times like these teach us that we are not ultimately in control. Yeah, you know, there, there are movies, and this is playing out almost like a horror movie, right, that reminds you you're not in control, that, that the, the, the delicate balance of nature, if it just gets tipped one way or another, uh, we, we will be overrun, we will be fighting for our lives, and that's where we are right now. That, that word refuge uh, is literally a shelter, a, a place of hope. It, it's, it's a place where you can trust to be safe. He says, God is our refuge. Now, what's interesting is in, in, in old times, uh, Jewish leaders were too prone to turn to Egypt for help instead of turning to God. Um, that's chronicle for those of you who are Bible readers in Isaiah chapter 30, verses 1 and 2. They should have turned to the Lord and trusted the Lord, but instead of turning to and trusting God, they were ready to turn back and go back to the place that they had been delivered from. God says, no, here's what I need you to understand. Any earthly refuge that you build for yourself, is unreliable, unstable, and insecure. It is not guaranteed to last when the storms of life are raging. 
Come on, there's somebody that's listening to me right now. You are listening and you're thinking and God is bringing to your remembrance. What are those things that you have been trusting in that are nowhere to be found now? Man, I'm listening to people now and and the debate that's going on in our society now is, is the cure worse than the disease? What do you mean is the cure worse than the disease? Well, all we're really thinking about is money. We're thinking about the economy. We're not thinking about what's best for our country in terms of the health and well-being of our country. We're thinking about money. People are literally watching the stock market go up and down depending on the words that come out of the president's mouth. And God says, instead of worrying about what's coming out of the president's mouth, worry about what's come out of my mouth. This is the spoken living word of God. God says, stop building your refuge on the unstable, on the insecure. Start building your refuge and recognize that your refuge is in me. God said his power is all sufficient. His wisdom is infinite. His promises are sure. His presence is comforting. God says, I am your refuge. And watch this. When he protects us, when he provides a refuge for us, listen to me carefully. He doesn't protect us to pamper us. He protects us in order to prepare us to re-engage in the fight of life, to become once again the salt and light that he is looking for in the world. Look at Psalm 68, verse 35. Awesome is God from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Bless be God. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God is our refuge and strength. And then watch what he says in the B part, a very present help in the time of trouble. A very present help in trouble. That that word present is an interesting word because it, it refers to finding something or finding someone um, or something that is greatly found. In other words, when you need it, it's right there. I, I don't know about you, but, but one of the most frustrating things in life is to need something and can't find it. Especially, watch this, when you saw it when you wasn't looking for it. Right? Hey, have you ever looked for something? You're like, man, I need, where is that? Man, I, I saw that somewhere. No, I just saw it somewhere, right? Well, listen, God says, no, you don't have to look for me. You don't have to wonder where I am. I am a very present help in the time of trouble. And for somebody that's watching today, somebody who's listening today, here's what I need you to know. I need you to know that the God who is keeping you right now didn't just start keeping you. No, no, he's been keeping you. He's been watching over you. He has been keeping his eyes on you, keeping a hedge of protection around you. He has been doing this. But, but here's what happens in the Selah moment. In the Selah moment, you stop to realize God's been watching over me. It's in the Selah moment when you stop moving. God says, now who's been keeping you? 
Who's been watching over you? Who's been making a way for you? Who's been providing for you? I don't know how we're going to make it. How did you make it before? I don't know how we're going to get through this. No, this is not the first time you had to get through something. God says, stop. Hit the pause button and look around and see. I am a very present help. I am a very accessible help in the time of trouble, in the time of distress. And, and here's what's important for you to understand This trouble could be physical, but this trouble can also be emotional. This trouble can also be mental. This trouble can also be spiritual. He says, I am a very present help right now in your time of trouble. My brothers and sisters, let's be honest. We spend so much time focusing on what's going on around us that we fail to see who's with us. We see, fail to see who's beside us. We, we fail to really be able to relax and put our trust in him, to rest in the Lord. We're so busy trying to hang in there with our own strength that we don't understand there's a big difference between hanging and resting. And God says we've got to learn how to rest in him. In times of trouble, we need a refuge and we need a strength. We need a very present help. Look at what the text says, verse 2. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. The earth may change. The mountains may be hurled violently into the sea. There may be earthquakes and tidal waves and pandemics that will come our way. But God says no matter what comes our way, we can trust in the fact that God is going to watch over us because he is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. Selah. Stop right there. Uh, Sometimes you will hear preachers in a rhetorical way, say, you, you missed the shouting moment right there. You, you missed the shouting moment. That, that, that's the pause. The pause is, it. hey, 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 don't miss this. You need to shout right here. You need to give God some praise right here because no matter what we go through, God is still our refuge. No matter what we face in life, God is still our refuge and our strength. When we are weak, that's when we are strong because his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Circumstances may change, but God's covenant with you will never change. And I need you right now just to take a moment to, 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 to enjoy the pause. To enjoy the pause. I, I know you fret fretting, I know you're worrying, I know you're anxious, I know there's some stress coming, but, but watch this. Listen to me carefully. Stress is not what you go through, it's how you respond to what you go through. That's why some people can go through things and you're like, man, you act like it don't even bother you. Well, it's not that it doesn't bother them, it's just that it doesn't consume them. Right? It's not that they're not concerned, they're just not worried. Because worry is an illegitimate expression of concern. Plan, but don't plan without God. 
Be concerned, but don't be concerned without trust. Because whatever we do, ultimately, God has the final say. And I need somebody in here to know there's power in your pause. There's power in your pause. I mean, when you, when you stop and let God stop you, or you learn how to stop and look around your life and think things over, come on, you'll discover your good days outweigh your bad days. The blessings of God outweigh the, the burdens of your enemy. That God being for you is more than the world against you. And you can give God glory. You're sitting in your home right now. And we've heard stories of people who have cabin fever. You better be glad you got a cabin. You have people talking about, well, I, oh man, my, my kids are getting on my nerve. The Bible says they are a blessing from God. And if they own your nerve, you help create them. And the question is now, what time are you going to spend with them? Because here's the truth of the matter. Most of us who were parents and who are parents, once our children got to school age, we turned over much of the primary rearing of our children to the schools. Matter of fact, the only time you really interacted with your children, if you're honest, is when they did something wrong in school. And you had to discipline them. Other words, no news was good news. But would you take this pause moment now to check their spiritual inventory, to check who they are as a person, to check their development? Maybe even more importantly, before you check them, check you. And see where you are in terms of your walk with God, your commitment, your spiritual development, your recognition that there's something bigger in life than stocks and bonds and houses and lands and the accumulation of creature comforts that can be here today and gone, not tomorrow, today. At the end of the day, God has put us on pause. And he's put us on pause for a reason. People who thought they were secure in their businesses and had already laid out their plans for retirement, in the matter of days, their business is gone. But I hear God saying, I'm still here. And the one who gave you the ability to make it on the front end, to make money, to work, is the God who's going to keep you now and the God who was able to keep you and bring you back. But it starts and stops with God. So for a moment, have a Selah moment. Just a, just pause and stop and recognize the goodness of God in your life. Father, we thank you and bless you for this day. And we pray now that everything that we have done and everything that we have said has been pleasing in your sight. We give you glory and honor. We thank you for the power in our pause. Help us to pause and realize you are our refuge and you are our strength. In the midst of the storms raging in life, and in this time when we feel absolutely helpless, unable to do anything, remind us that you are our refuge 
and you are our strength. You are a very present help in the time of trouble. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 54.10 reads, For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Look at that B part. But my steadfast love shall not depart from you. Mountains may be removed, hills may depart, but my love will not depart from you. And I believe the promise that God made to the children of Israel is a transferable promise to those of us who are now part of the family of God because of our relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. I want to give you an opportunity now to make a decision. Maybe God is taking you through what you're going through and more specifically the way you're going through it in order to get your attention. See, there's somebody who's watching right now. I'm, I'm not sure who it is, uh, but, but, you're, but you're watching right now. And, and the question is, what has it taken for God to get your attention? Somebody who's watching you, 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 you said, I'm not going to church, but you tuned in this morning. You said, you know what, I'm, I'm done with church. I'm, I'm not part of that unchurched crowd. I'm de-churched. I've been churched out. And God said, no, it's not about church. It's about a relationship with me. It's about a relationship with me. You say, but pastor, you don't know. I, I've had some bad experiences in church. Listen, I've had bad experiences in a restaurant. I may not go back to that restaurant, but I didn't stop going to restaurants for the rest of my life. Right? That, that didn't stop me from going to another restaurant. Because ultimately, I know the objective is not for me to eat at a particular restaurant, but to eat to stay alive. And, and God wants you to recognize that the place is not near as important as the person, your relationship with him. Now, for those of you who know the Lord, I want to encourage you. Uh, spend time in the word. Spend time in prayer. Uh, the time that you didn't have to do other things. Man, it, it's time for you to create a new schedule. This 14 days is about to come to an end. And there are some who are saying it's going to be another two, three months. We don't know how long it's going to be. I, I really think they're not telling us how long they think it's going to really take because they don't want folks just going crazy, right? Because if they said six months, everybody walk out, oh my God, six months. What am I going to do with six months? They said, no, we're just going to give it to you 15 days at a time. But, but whether it takes 15 more days or 15 months, whatever it takes, you're going to have to create a new normal. And when you create that new normal, if you know the Lord, make sure you create that new normal around God being at the center of your life. For those of you who need the Lord, I want to pray what is called the prayer of salvation right now. I want to give you an opportunity to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. 
see, see it's, really, it's really not how the world portrays it. Um, pe- people think you got to look Christian to be Christian, and you got to act Christian to be Christian, and you got to talk Christian to be Christian. The truth of the matter is we're all a work in progress. We're all trying to become all that God wants us to be, but there's something foundational that must be in place, and that's a relationship with the Lord. And that relationship with the Lord doesn't mean we're perfect. As a matter of fact, if you're saying right now, you know what, preacher, I hear you. And as soon as I get my life right, and as soon as I get through this coronavirus, man, I'm going to give my life to the Lord. No, if you could get your life right without God, it would already be right. You don't have to get right to come to God. All God says is come to me and let me help you get right so that you can become better, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. I'm going to ask everyone who is watching if you would pray this prayer of salvation. It's real simple, but if you pray it by faith, we believe that Jesus Christ will come into your life, come into your heart, and you can be saved. Not perfect, saved. That you can come to know the Lord. There's only two kinds of people in the world, people who know him and people who need him. We want to help you know him. Let's pray. Repeat after me. Father God, I come to you as humbly as I know how, confessing that I am a sinner and I need your grace. I confess my sins to you and I ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into my heart. I believe that you sent him to die on the cross for me. And I accept his gift of life. In Jesus' name I pray. By faith. Amen. I believe right now, if you have prayed that prayer, that you are saved. You are saved. You're not perfect. And you say, well, I don't feel different. Let me tell you something. It's not about a feeling. It's about faith. It's about you believing that God has provided for you on the cross through the death of his son, Jesus Christ. All you need to make heaven your home. And we thank God for you. Here's what I need you to do. Make sure if you're watching online, you go to our website, goodhope.org, or you go to our app, and indicate on the app, find the appropriate place, and let us know you ask Jesus Christ into your life. We're going to pray for you and pray with you. And I've got to tell you, man, we've seen people come to the Lord via our app, via our website, via our online broadcast, man, and we're grateful and thankful that you've taken the time to allow us into your space. We're going to worship the Lord in giving in the sanctuary. We're going to ask you to do the same thing wherever you are. Remember, there are six different ways that you can give. Now, let me let you know this because there are a variety of things that people are doing to make sure they are faithful in their giving to God. So you see these ways up there, but let me add a couple of more to you. If you'd like to mail your gift in, you can mail your gift to the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, 3015 North McGregor Way. 
in the city of Houston, 77004, 77004, 3015 North McGregor Way. You can also drive and drop. What does that mean? That means if you're driving on your way to the store, taking care of some essential business, you can drop it off here at the church and you can just let us know, hey, pastor heard you and we want to continue. We've had members dropping off their giving all week long. If you need us to come by and pick it up, we're willing to do that as well. Also want to let all of our members know, those of you who are listening via the telephone, those of you who are watching via streaming, if you need help or assistance, please let us know. We're not doing any benevolence right now. Now, but we are helping in other means. So if you need food, uh, we had one member, you know, crazy as it may sound, she needed some toilet paper. She's like, Pastor, man, we've been looking all over. Can the church help us out with some toilet paper? And we were able to do that. So we want to take care of our members in every way that we need to take care of them. And we also want to encourage those of you who may need counseling, who may need encouragement. If you call Reverend Darrell Rose, call that number. He is the lead servant of our maturity team, and he is over our counseling ministry. They are setting up uh, virtual conference sessions. So either by, via uh, FaceTime or Skype, uh, you can have a face-to-face -face moment, and you can find some encouragement. If you just need to talk about some things, we want to be available for you as well. Make sure you worship the Lord in giving. Give as God has prospered you. Give as God has blessed you. Oh, one more thing. Those of you who may be wanting to serve, one of the essentials that has been defined in those 16 essentials are food pantries. And those of you who would like to get out of the house and do something constructive, we want to encourage you. On Tuesday at 4 p.m., Tuesday at 4 p.m., we will meet here at the Good Hope Church, our volunteers. We have trucks coming in from the food bank. This is something that we pay for out of our ministry and our partnership to make sure that we can continue to be a blessing to our community. If you want to volunteer, you can come out and volunteer with us. Uh, bring your protective gear. If you have a mask, we have some masks here. Uh, bring your bandana, whatever it is. We're going to come prepare our boxes. We served 220 families this past week. We're anticipating that number to go up. And then on Wednesday at 1030, Reverend, 1030, 1030 on Wednesday, Pastor Sloan will be here as we prepare to serve families, both those who are driving up and those who are walking up out of our community who don't have vehicles. We want to be a blessing to others who are in need. Some of you are blessed. You don't live paycheck to paycheck. Some of you are blessed. You have a savings. But you have people in our community who are not living paycheck to paycheck. There's some who are living tip to tip day by day. There's those in the service and hospitality industry. And so I want to encourage you, if you feel so led, come out and be a blessing to somebody else. And it will bless you as the Lord uses you to bless them. Listen, it's my privilege and my pleasure to be with you. For those of you who don't know, I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, Senior Pastor at the Good Old Missionary Baptist Church. Excited about what God is doing. We're celebrating our 148th anniversary, our church anniversary. And listen, no greater joy, no greater blessing 
than to be used by God to continue the kingdom work. I'm grateful for all of the praise team members, all of our staff who is here, our essential staff to make this broadcast a possibility. All right. We thank God for you. Looking forward to the next time we can get together as a family of believers. Download the Good Hope app. I am Hope. We got some exciting things planned for next Sunday. You don't want to miss it. I I don't want to spill the beans, but I'm just telling you, got some really exciting things planned for next week, and you want to be a part of it, right? Okay, come on. Let's sing our way out. Let's give God some praise as we head out of this place to give glory and honor to God whether it's in your homes or on your jobs, those of you who are essential workers, whatever it is that you do, do it all to the glory of God. Amen. I just want to praise you.